Hello and welcome to Super Saturdays, a comic book media podcast where we rank media by its story, impact, and visuals to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A. And I'm Jay Hayward. In each episode, we'll be focusing on your favorite TV shows, comic books, and movies. Today, Supes, let's take you back to the year 2000. Triple H had just won at WrestleMania. Will and Grace wins Best Outstanding Comedy Series in 2000. Most importantly, Damon and I, barely even born, barely even alive. We infants we were. Around this time also, the hit-breaking show, Static Shock. On with the show. A very happy... Black History Month to you, Damon. Happy Black History Month to you. Um, it's a really important month for me because, you know, I'm black. What? Um, yeah, yeah. No way. Had no idea, huh? Yeah. We've After all this long. time. Yep. After all this time. Yeah, I'm black. But no, but seriously, Black History Month is a really important month to just look back and look at all of the history that um, has come since black people have been brought into this country and you want to know something my favorite thing to watch during this time is that google commercial where they literally show all of the oh, achievements oh wow oh my yeah. goodness dude yeah that one's awesome do you think they're gonna do another one this year i don't know uh, maybe maybe not i know they did one uh for black girl magic i want to say like a year or two ago as well mm-hmm. um but it's a great time it really is and you know um yeah, I wanted to choose this. Op- I chose this episode because honestly, Static Shock is a really important show that came out um, in the year 2000. And before I get too much into it, do you know what was happening in the comic book world? So I, I have some movie news, but that's about it. And that's just that uh, the hit Fox film X Men comes out in this year, starring Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart is the titular characters of Wolverine and Professor X. And Ian McKellen. And Halle Berry Storm. It, honestly, it's a whole A-list cast of characters. Honestly. And it was a groundbreaking film, too. Like, for the comic book movie boom and everything. I mean, arguably, you could even say that Blade started that. But I would say it would it would be the three that really kicked it off. It was Blade, X-Men, and then Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man in 2002 really showed that like oh we can do more outlandish stuff and people would still like take it seriously what about you damon what are some facts that you have well i am glad that you said that um because actually i was going to mention x-men as well so you took my damn fact no kidding really that's all you could find too you couldn't find anything else for for 2000 either huh I mean, nothing else that I could really think of at the moment. I'm pretty sure, off the top of my head, uh, J. Michael Straczynski's run on Spider-Man was starting this year. If not this year, probably a year or two afterwards. Static Shock was something that I would watch an episode or two when it was on. I'm not quite sure why. I think the animation at the time I thought was interesting. And we'll get into what I think of the animation now. Um... But Static Shock was weirdly a character that I was able to recognize very easily uh, as a as a kid, and um, maybe that's because it was really popular around the time t- for it to be like on TV. 
because uh, I was doing some reading of Static Shock, at least for the animated show, and I know that uh, it had made some some waves amongst audiences. Um, but I couldn't tell you anything about the show, if I could be honest with you. Um, going through the characters that are part of the show now, I thought were really, or were a part of the show, was interesting, because I don't remember a darn thing about it, Damon. I'm going to be honest with you. Honestly, you know what, I was kind of the same way, because uh, I would say Static was in the background growing up. I loved it mainly because, you know, um, it was being a black kid, seeing a black superhero on TV was really important, was a big deal, especially why I also liked Jon Stewart as the Green, well, the Green Lantern in the Justice League show. Um, but in all honesty, Static didn't really grab my attention as did Superman the Animated Series, Batman the Animated Series, and Justice League. Um I think one of the reasons why was because um, I was mainly focused on those shows. And mind you, this show came out a little bit before I was uh, even like old enough to watch TV because it came out in 2000. I was born in 99, so I was about one years old. And by the time the show was ending was, was, when, I, was when I was getting a little older. And honestly, I remember the later episodes, the episodes where he crossed over with um, Batman, Superman, um and the Justice League. And then I also remember in uh, Justice League Unlimited, Sh um, Static makes a cameo appearance in one of the episodes. Uh, well, not really a cameo. He's like a whole feature character in that episode. It was when the Justice League uh, goes to the future and they team up with Batman Beyond. See, I think that's wild because I remember Static Shock um, having an episode. Maybe they've had a couple, but I just remember one specific instance when Batman had appeared and Static Shock would go to the Batcave. Yeah, he got a couple episodes. The, the one episode that really stood out to me was when, uh, which a lot of fans use this to question, does the Teen Titans show take place within the same universe as that? Ultimately, I'm thinking a lot of people just like realize it doesn't. I don't think it takes place in the same universe, but... Um, Static basically was in the Batcave and then asked Batman, hey, uh, where's Robin? And Batman's like, oh, he's with the Titans. Uh, that's the one instance that I remember is that. Um, that might have been on, like, Kids WB or yeah. whatever, uh, which is kind of wild because um, I can remember that very vividly. Uh, I guess we should just dive into the, the episode, right, Damon? But, but I guess before we do that, Damon... How do we rank our media here on the show? Well, you know what? I am so glad that you asked me that question, Jay. We rank the media by its story, the impact it's had on the character or the comic book world, and its visuals. All of this will help us figure out if it'll stand the test of time. With that out of the way, let's dive in. Static Shock is a superhero animated series based on the Milestone Media slash DC Comics superhero, Static. Now, Jay, do you know about Milestone Media? Tell me a little bit about it. Okay, well, Milestone Media was a comic book imprint that focused on telling the stories of black characters, but not just black characters, minorities in general, because they had characters who were Latino, um, that were black, and Asian. They even had some trans characters as well in there, and just characters from the LGBT uh, community. Um, they focused on showing um, more diversity within the comic book landscape, and they were founded by some really big um, um, founders. 
uh, Reginald Hudlin, who has a huge Black Panther run and also worked in the film industry, um, and Dwayne McDuffie, who is one of the main c- creators of Static as a character. Um, but I'll, I'll get more into that in a second. Basically, the show premiered in September 23rd in the year 2000 on the Kids WB. The show revolves, revolves around Virgil Hawkins, a 14-year-old boy who uses the secret identity of Static. After the exposure of a mutagen gas during a gang fight, which gave him his electromagnetic powers. Static Shock was the first time that an African-American superhero was the titular character on their own animated series. Ever? Yes. Holy, wow. Yeah. Um, As I was saying, Dwayne McDuffie. Dwayne McDuffie has a huge standing career. Also, rest in peace. He was from Detroit, Michigan. No way. Let's go. And his brother is Keegan-Michael Key. Okay. All right. Yeah. Two for two. That's awesome. Great. Um, he's also known for working on Ben 10, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and a lot of other animated properties. Um, and he's also done a lot of work in comics as well, um, as well as being one of the men, uh, founders of Milestone. Static was heavily inspired by Spider-Man. Um, but I will say Static's comics, his original comics with Milestone are very hard to find. What do you um, mean? Um, mainly because, um, Milestone, well, actually Jay, so you said you didn't know what Milestone was. Aside from me giving you that quick little summary of it, Milestone was its own comic book imprint that had DC as a distributor. The Milestone universe was its own separate universe from the DC universe. Really? Why was yes. that? Um, because they only used DC as like a distributor. And the reason why they were able to use them as a distributor was because they already had connections with DC Comics. They already worked with the company. And they wanted to establish themselves as their own thing and have their own like set of characters. And a lot of their characters are actually pretty interesting. For example, I have a note on here about Icon. Icon essentially was like Black Superman without being Black Superman. He was an alien who crash-landed onto Earth um during slavery was raised by that lady and he basically experienced society and the world through different centuries um he didn't age and he ultimately didn't use his powers at all he only used his powers when in the present day these people were trying to like break into his house or whatever and one of them um ended up her name was rocket that's her superhero name mm-hmm. she see, sees him use his powers to take out to take out the people who broke in and she's like wait you, you wait you can do so many good things with your with your powers and she convinces him to become a superhero and she becomes a psychic just a lot of different cool shit there's also the blood syndicate and there's just a lot of different stuff um honestly jed recommend and um also listeners check out the milestone documentary that's on hbo max it came out this past summer Gives you a rundown on the characters and also just the creation of the imprint itself um, and what caused it to end. Um, when it came out, it was a really big deal. And I'm honestly surprised there's not a lot of discussion about it. So, let's hop in on this episode. We're doing episode eight. Uh, what was the title of it? It was... Sons and Fathers, S- Fathers and Sons. Sons of the Fathers. Sons of the, which makes sense. It's actually very fitting because we do see two sons and two fathers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Very, very direct in that uh, in that title. Um. So you know, basically, what happens is the theme song comes on, and Dude. like it's like we talked about. I forgot a lot about this show. Um. 
honestly, I'm tempted to just look back at the show. But um, I do like the theme song. I kind of like the second theme song better because I know that the, se- the later seasons, they change it. Really? Because uh, this one's yeah, a bop. Like, I, I've listened to this, like, three or four times. Like, this is r- insane. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of like a, an interesting tone setter because the show, uh, I have it in a few of my notes here. Uh, the pacing really is just, like, quick. And it does a mm-hmm. great job at that. And I feel as though the theme song kind of, like, jumps you straight into it because it's so energetic and upbeat and yeah. poppy, dude. Man, I love it. So if you're telling me that the other one's even better, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to look that up after this. Yeah, the other one is very, like, catchy. It's, like, Lil' Romeo. He's, like, superhero, static, shock. Mm. Whoop, whoop. Like, it's pretty catchy. Like, it really is. Uh, product of his time, but catchy. And, you know, I, honestly, it felt like I was transported back to being a little kid watching this Saturday morning and everything. Like, this just screams kids WB, especially with the colors. And I got to say, I like, even though I think one of the reasons why when I was younger I wasn't a huge fan of the show was because in comparison to the animation of the show and the colors looked different compared to Justice League, which had more like a cinematic muted type of color yeah. whereas this one was a lot more brighter i, I thought that was um, so interesting because uh I, I knew that there was some connection before that because I, again like i i remember seeing that one episode with batman um but i thought that that was so strange that it was given that different style um was that just due to contrasting style do you know was there a budget um i'm wondering if it was a budget because like Justice League wasn't on Kids at WB. Justice League was on Cartoon Network. Right. And so I'm wondering maybe the budget was different. Maybe, like, because that's a Saturday morning cartoon, whereas Justice League had, like, a prime time, like, time. It came on at 6. Um, so I'm, it could have just been uh, something where they just wanted it to be brighter. But I still feel like it was something that, that yeah, because maybe it's also because at Kids WB, they were like, okay, this is like a Saturday morning cartoon, so we gotta like make it look more accessible, or I, I don't know. I'm genuinely curious about that because like the animation style, it looks like the Tim verse, like the you know like Bruce Tim's kind of the designs, but it also doesn't at the same time. Like it looks like, like it looks like animation that like oh yeah, if I put them together, they look similar enough, but you can kind of tell the differences almost. Um, no, I do like the purples. Like, there's a lot of purple oh, in the show. Oh, the purple like, is so purples. nice. I love it. And then there's even moments where you can tell, oh, yeah, this was hand-drawn. The backgrounds especially. I love the backgrounds. All oh, the detail that they're putting into it in the different bedrooms. And um, at one point later on when we get to it, when Rich is walking down um, the city block, all the detail that they put into uh, the city and the lighting um just just really nice just really kind of makes me wish they put shadows on the the characters but whatever i guess i agree i agree so basically the episode opens up we're at the food court at a mall um at this moment i really love the score because it has like really like hip-hop inspired beats i love when they do that type of stuff and and so Uh, very upbeat too yeah very modern like especially i love how they do it in uh, justice league where they have like a guitar riff and shit like that or even in spectacular spider-man flashback to our first episode mm-hmm. um where they had guitar riffs i love when they do that in the score that makes you more interested in listening to it um but we're at the food court music's playing everything's going good and then there's 
this is where I honestly I laughed really hard when this kid. So we then see this kid and his dad sitting there eating in the food court. Um, and they see like a shadowy thing. And the kid says, Dad, you're not going to believe this. There's a big black icky gunk thing coming out <laughs> of the floor. I had to take a minute and pause. I was in tears. Like I was dying because I was like, <laughs> a big black icky gunk thing? What? Dude, honestly, that's exactly how I would probably respond to that too. I had no idea what was what was going on. Like I said, I don't remember very much these villains at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, like same thing, just this big old goop thing in the middle of the food court. What oh the gosh. hell, you know? Man, um, man. And straight oh into gosh. the action too. This episode, you know, like mm-hmm. right out the bat, we got our main villain, um, who turns out his name is Ebon, Ebon. right? Yeah, Ebon. Ebon. Uh, he used to scare the crap out of me as a kid. Like when I started watching, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." He used to creep me out when I was a kid. Dude, just dude's his powers got, uh, in general. He's he's creepy, man. He's got uh K and D like kids next door father vibes. Like when you were yeah. a kid, like like uh, if I had watched this as a kid and had seen him, I would have been terrified. Yeah, like, he does have like something about silhouettes were so freaky as a kid. I guess you know. And it's mainly it's just the fact that his powers is like being a part of the shadows. Which yeah, is like like he's just some shadow demon, yeah, or whatever whatever his power. Do you know what his power is, or do you know what what? Uh, actually, you know what? This goes into my notes here too. Maybe you could explain this as well, Damon, um, as to what a meta breed is, because they 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 call themselves the meta breed. Um. Well, I'm assuming that like like I said, I don't fully remember this show, but um, basically, Static got his shock from the Big Bang. Um, quote unquote, the Big Bang was a situation that happened where there was a gang war slash gang fight, and the police decided to use some experimental tear gas, and the experimental tear gas killed a shit ton of people by accident. But then there also was some people who didn't get killed; they got mutated. And Static was one of the people who survived, and that's how he got his powers was from him mutating from the tear gas. I'm Holy assuming shit. that they call themselves the meta breed because they were mutated from that. Um, like I said, I haven't seen the show in a minute, but yeah. That is wild. That is mm-hmm. crazy. And if I'm not mistaken, um, that origin story is like the same thing that happened in the comics too. And I know that um pretty sure Dwayne McDuffie also based that off of a real situation that happened. I forgot exactly what, but like I gotta look I, I, I We'll get back to it. Gotcha. Um, okay. But it was something that happened in the news. Um, but, you know, going forward, uh, we then see the Metabreed gang. Um, and basically the people in the gang is Ivan, Shiv, and Talon. Um, and they're basically just robbing people. Like, they're at a mall. Honestly, they're at a mall. I would have expected them to just go get the money at the registers. But instead, they're just mugging folks. They have everybody <laughs> Right in, in the middle of the food court. Man. Where everyone can see him midday, noon, probably like a, what, like a Saturday? It was probably like, there. yeah, it was probably at noon on a Saturday because it was just casual. Like, they just had everybody in the line, give all their stuff over to them and just rob them. I'm just thinking, you guys are in a mall. You could have just stolen clothes, stolen expensive stuff while in the mall. Instead, you're just going to rob people. That's actually kind of low when you think about it. Well, you know who was also innocent? The old lady. So there's this old lady 
who is in the line of the people getting mugged and she's giving Shiv a hard time, basically like trying to like look for something in her purse and she's just pissed. And I'm just like, you know what? That'd be me. I'd be so unbothered. I'd be so fucking like, dude, this is just a whole hold up. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, static then comes in. Honestly, at this point I wrote down that I liked how fast the pace was going in this episode. Static yeah. comes in, he's hovering on his hoverboard, and he starts fighting them. Um, and the lady, the same lady, who was looking through her bag while Shiv was, like, taking all the stuff up from people, she finds pepper spray in her purse, and she maces the fuck out of him, and he Does starts screaming. not fuck around. <laughs> she didn't care. She, in her eyes, she was old. She lived enough life. If I die now, <laughs> who cares? But then again, she probably thought he was a punk, so she probably was like, oh, yeah, he ain't finna do nothing. They're idiots. <laughs> Just uh, robbing in the middle of the day, especially, um, what is the, the other guy's name? I can't remember his name. Ebon... There's Talon. Shiv. Shiv. Oh, my goodness. I, I thought Shiv was the most entertaining one, um, but definitely seemed the most incompetent of the group. Yeah. And then, so, you know, Static takes them all out really easily. Um, Static shocks Talon and then throws this, like, giant energy ball at Ebon, and he turns into Swiss cheese for a second. Not literally, <laughs> but he just has holes in him or whatever. Dude, I thought he was dead. I was like, oh, my God. Static just uh, killed him. Honestly, the way he was screaming and then he started like like melting, it kind of looked like that. So I don't blame I, you. I was like, wow, we're getting we're getting wild in this Saturday cartoon. Like Listen. straight in the middle of the day. Oh gosh. And then uh Shiv says something that's really funny. Uh so Shiv is like still trying to like recuperate after getting sprayed in the eyes and pepper sprayed or whatever. And he turns, he starts he's crying and he's like, This isn't fun anymore and then he runs off camera. um okay i guess all right so whatever i guess he's gone i honestly i thought he would have got scooped up and taken to prison but i guess not um so you know talon is then in police custody and everyone else got away so shiv and Ivan got away Hmm? and uh i mean it it doesn't really get brought up after this point um so i want to like say it now um why the fuck did they not care about Talon? Like, Talon does not show up again once in this episode. Like, it's like throw a throwaway line, like, once later on, and then nothing ever shows up. Maybe she's coming back for the next episode. Who knows? That was that was a question that I had, actually. Um, is this show more of an episodic kind of case? I know you said you don't remember very much about it, um, but based off your memory watching the show... Um, did the episodes like link or, uh, were some of them a bit more just day by day life of, of static shock kind of stuff? I want to say it was like a mixture. I think later seasons was when they got more like, like a whole arc or whatever, but I don't really remember. Um, I do know that like there was a slight tonal shift, which is why they had the new, uh, theme song later on, and then they also had him have a different, like a slightly different suit. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I don't really know. That's a good question. Um, so then, as long as it stands for me, they never gave a fuck about Talon, and uh, Talon spends the rest of her time in prison. Didn't even get well, a on. voice line. 
Uh, she did get a voice line. What was it? Ah, I got caught. No, it was it was a line. I I I I remember her speaking or saying something. And then on top of that, I'm pretty sure Talon has a whole little arc later on in the show. Cause I'm pretty sure she isn't real. Like she's like a more sympathetic kind of like sad villain. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Like I'm barely remembering it. I remember bits and pieces of it. I'd be sad too if I went to jail. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm just being honest. so we learned that uh they towns in jail and then the other two left uh we learned this because it then cuts to virgil uh at home with his dad and also with reggie watching a news story about it uh we then see static on the news and everything's all good or whatever um so as virgil's dad is leaving um virgil's sister points out that richie is here all of the time so at first, Virgil isn't really pressed about it. However, he thinks about it. Sticks in his head. Yeah, sticks in his head. So some time passes. I'm thinking it's, is it, I would say it's the same day. Same day, totally. Um, I think maybe like, I would say like an hour hours. or two came by. Yeah. yeah, not too long. Just yeah. enough time to keep the pacing going. Um, This is a time when I put down in my notes that uh, I really enjoyed all the character work that's being done by the voice actors. Um, because, uh, again, with how quick the show is going to make sure that we're fitting, uh, enough of the story because it does get a uh, pretty heavy, um, or, or, or pretty serious in its subject matter. Um, just to make sure that we have enough time for it to, to all set in, but, uh, that we have an understanding of these characters. Uh, and with that comes, uh, good voice acting that gives us an idea of uh, the, not just a response to how characters react to things, but also just the warmth or the coldness of the voice actor doing the work, um, their interpretation of the character, you know, um, really shines through in a show mm. like this. And I thought, uh, like little moments of uh, like Virgil's sister and Reggie. Um, in the living room and how she makes the comment about him living there all the time. You know, we're learning a lot about how these characters uh, respond and interact with each other while also just really getting straight to the, the point here. Like though those lines mattered because uh, it leads to this next scene that we're talking about now with Virgil wanting to go over to Reggie or Richie's house, which then leads mm-hmm. into every, like everything matters here, but um or everything matters here in order for us to get to the next scene. But mm-hmm. we're still getting time to learn how these characters live their day to day and and who these characters are and uh their characteristics and details. You see you know what I'm saying here? I love it. Like I love how we really like like you said we're getting to know a lot about each character with a short amount of time, but it doesn't feel forced. Um, we're able to just get the vibes and keep it moving. And I love that about this show so far. Um, and you know, one thing I want to mention is that back when the, we were talking about the villains in the food court there, at first I initially thought that they weren't going to show up again later on in the episode. I thought this was just there to like, you know, show static, do his shit. And this episode was going to focus on character stuff, not the villains. But I learned after, um, Virgil confronts. Richie about not going home, um, about um, not hanging out at his place. 
we then jump to seeing the villains in an abandoned building plotting. And at this point, I was like, okay, dialogue is a little cheesy between the villains. Um, and that's when I had to take a minute and I was like, Damon, this is a Saturday morning cartoon. Time passes. It is now Friday, which is what um, Virgil and Richie agreed on when they could like hang out at Richie's place. Um, also, when Richie finally agreed to let Virgil come over, he seemed very tense, really shot, like really just nervous about it. Oh, he was holding back something. He was hiding yeah. something, and you know that's when I started noticing, like, hmm, this this is ti- this is entirely the crux of the episode is what's going on at home. Originally, exactly. um, I thought it was like abuse, which we'll get we'll get into. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into it. But I was like, oh, there's definitely some problem here straight mm-hmm. away, and. It did make me wonder why um, Rishi didn't say anything, and we'll definitely still talk about it because Ooh, when words. we find out what happened, you will see that my questions do not change. <laughs> my questions don't change either, and I'm glad we're on the same page because I was going to ask you your thoughts on that. But mm-hmm. time we'll get passes. To it. Yeah, time passes. It's Friday. Virgil is at Richie's house. Um, and Richie's house is pretty cool. He has all the cool action figures because Virgil and Richie are like really nerdy into that type of stuff. And they're having a good time. Um, and then Virgil asks like, oh, so it's just dinner for three today? Because it's just Richie's mom and them that's going to be there for dinner. Cool. But there was an emphasis on three. So you're led to believe, oh, is it the dad that's the problem? All right, so uh, Richie's mom then comes in and lets them know when dinner is going to be ready. Um, and at this moment, the door opens, and Richie's mom and Richie seem very scared. It's rude the dad is off work early. Uh, and, you know, Virgil is very just like, he's excited to meet um, Richie's dad. So he's walking towards the, you know, the steps, and Richie is trying to, like, stop Virgil. And Virgil then says hi to Mr. Foley. We learned that the dad's name is Mr. Foley. And Sean. Sean even more specifically later. Yes, Sean Foley. And at this moment, when he, Virgil says, hey, how you doing? Da, 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 the, an, I, the animation on Mr. Foley's face, he looks angry. He Dude also looks like annoyed and mad and i was honestly surprised that they were able to really capture what we're gonna later learn and like because in all honesty that literally is the uh, we'll it's, oh it. well to me it's the giveaway straight away it, like it for is. me i was like Flat okay out. this is what we're focusing on for the show uh, exactly like for the episode which made which made sense like oh this is the issue uh my dad is racist yep which again, um, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you tell your black best friend? Agreed. That's what I was gonna ask you. Do you like? I was gonna ask you. Did you feel like Richie should have told Virgil that from jump? And personally, I feel like, yeah, that should have been a conversation to be had because it's like, you know, um. It could it could have went anyway, any which way. That's I don't know. I think it's useful information. It totally is. It totally is. And and 
Um, I think it was just kind of like, to me, it was very frustrating because on one hand I could get because they're like kids, you know, like Richie's like, I don't want to really make a whole huge situation about it. I'll just try to figure out a time when my dad's not home. Um, Mm -hmm. fine, whatever, I guess. Um, but if, if Virgil's your best friend and you know, your dad has like this issue, um, it's probably important to, to bring that up. Uh, I also think that there is still actually abuse going on in that relationship. Like no cap, Mm -hmm. especially because of how the mom is. And, um, I'm not saying that like, I wouldn't have any sort of upset feelings of, if I had known for a long time that my dad was a racist. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the way how they're illustrated just looks makes them also seem very terrified. Like he's a very angry man. Yeah. Um, and we we see that when they get into the dinner scene right after this, and yeah. things just feel tense the entire it's time. Very tense. Um, Virgil really doesn't pick up on the fact that like Richie's dad is racist. Um, he doesn't <laughs> pick up was- on it. He he's very optimistic, funny, and and I thought, yeah, you know, um, and um, I just loved how he was kind of oblivious on it, and he's just assuming that uh, Mr. Foley just had a bad day, because up until that point, he hasn't said anything that's like flat out, outwardly racist. Um, so like you said, dinner was just tense. Uh, everyone was silent, and then Virgil tries to cut the tension by mentioning, uh, that he has this new CD. That uh, I'm assuming Richie listen, li- Richie and him listen to similar music. I'm assuming, um, and Virgil suggests that Richie listens to the new CD that he has, new new and rap th- album. Yes, and Richie's dad cuts in and says there will be no rap played in this house, and the mom tries to tell, uh, you know, Richie's dad to chill, um. And then at this moment, Mr. Foley says, while looking at Virgil, that music teaches them to disrespect parents. And, you know, and he also went further, had this whole tirade. And this is another thing that I wrote down that really stuck out to me. He said, it tears down things guys like me built. Another indication that this dude is racist. I, I wrote, guys like me, oh my what the fuck? Like, I don't know, speaking from a place where um, I've experienced racism at a really young age, but then there's also moments where you wouldn't have, wouldn't expect it to really affect you. I can understand why he'd be a lot more obli- like oblivious from it coming from his best friend's father, because he probably wasn't expecting that to happen. If that's my best friend, I wouldn't have expected the parent like of my best friend to be racist, you know? Like, I can understand him just giving the benefit of the doubt and not really thinking that much into it, um, which I think kind of makes it even more realistic in a way, because there are certain times, like, I don't know, like, as an outsider, obviously, 100%, but also thinking from the perspective that, like, Virgil's supposed to be 14 years old, and this is also, like, like it's supposed to be his best friend's house. Um, and on top of that, he probably didn't even assume this would be a thing because his mom uh richie's mom seemed really nice so that's i don't know yeah i feel as though they could have discussed more about it um 
with the the type of wording that he's he's using at the table. I'm not saying make a whole confrontation scene between um, Virgil and Mr. Foley in this sequence, but uh, a scene where him and Richie have more of a conversation on it. Um, in this instance, I think would have been uh, interesting, you know? Um, maybe that's just me. Uh, especially when he has uh, th- just those lines, like the like men like me have worked for. Like, holy shit, you know? Like, having that kind of conversation would have been so interesting to see what they would have gone through. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. I would have actually liked to have seen Virgil have more of a... I don't know. I feel like they're... they're the sh- This episode, when we get into, like, my full opinion on it and what I rated it, I feel like they... There's points where they were able to soar with what they were trying to do, but then there's other points where I felt like they just didn't go in areas that they could have went, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, but, yeah, you know, time passes. Virgil and Richie are then talking. And it, it was at this moment where I was thinking, like, honestly, Richie, you should have just been more transparent about this. Um, because Virgil went in blind to something that could have been bad. And Virgil still doesn't really know that this is like that big of a deal, because um, I'm pretty sure at this point Richie actually tells him that his dad is racist. But Virgil is like, no, it probably isn't that. He just probably just doesn't like doesn't like rap, which I guess I don't really agree see. But with that's writing there. that that's but, moments like that too. I find so interesting why they uh, made him so oblivious, and yeah. it it does make me just wonder. Then um, is it like a denial? type of thing that but i don't feel as though that they do a really great job of, of implying that um mm-hmm. i think it could be i think it could be that it could be that but yeah no they're up in the bedroom and talking and then uh what virgil goes to use the bathroom or something right he's gonna go brush his teeth for the brush night. his teeth that's right because he's staying the night all of a sudden yeah. now what i don't remember I them mean... say, saying that I mean, I'm assuming Richie stays the night there all the time, so probably one of those things where it's like, I guess I'll stay the night here, da-da, you know? Um, and, you know, uh, basically, he's going to brush his teeth, and then he overhears uh, Richie's dad talking to Richie's mom, and he's just saying some, like, really messed up stuff. Um, ultimately, it ends with him saying, um, now I have one, uh, I, now I have one of them in my house. And Virgil, like, the way the animation shows it, it shows, like, this look of horror on Virgil's face. And it's like, are you, like, it's, it's actually very sad. Uh, Virgil has this look in, of his face. And then it, then it turns and Richie's behind him. And Richie is then apologizing um, for the incident, or just for this to even happen. And Virgil decides to leave. Like, he's getting ready to go. Um, and in all honesty... This is another thing I thought about, too. It's kind of fucked up that it's the middle of the night and you guys live in a not good area and you're letting this kid walk all the way home. You do remember as Virgil saying, like, yeah, I won't call my dad. It's still early enough. And I was like, no, that's kind of messed up. You don't want to you don't want to do that right now. Damon, what, what would you have rather have done in that situation? Would you have just chosen to leave? Um, or would you I mean, I would have wanted to leave. I would have had my mom pick me up or something. Okay, like so you like, would have just that, called a, a parent at the very least. So yeah. so why don't you think Stad, I guess probably he has superpowers, so I guess he doesn't have to give a fuck. 
I guess we're not yeah, thinking true. about that fact too. That that he's a a superhero and we're just like real people. But like at the same time though, it's like he's still a kid, and and, the, and Richie's parents doesn't know he's static. So you guys are really letting a kid out there. I get it. Like you know the dad's racist or whatever. But I'm glad that um, uh, Mr. Hawkins actually touches on that later on when he actually meets Richie's father. Um, but Richie then snaps at his dad for being racist. And at this moment, I realized the mom was just as wrong as the dad. This is where I was like, wait, so the mom just was just complicit in a lot of it? Okay. Um, and then next scene, we see Virgil. He's at home, and he's talking to his dad about it. And at this point, I actually really appreciate the way that Virgil's dad was written. His dad basically tell him that tells him that like you know don't give up on Richie that still is your friend just because his dad says that that doesn't mean he's not your friend, um, and we then see that uh, Mrs. Foley then calls Richie's missing, uh, Virgil's kind of like shook about this and now he's going to go look for his friend. We then see Richie is walking right. in the alley. It's just he's ambushed by an arm. <laughs> A, an armadillo and yeah, an armadillo um, and a fucking rat out of nowhere no it was a wolf a wolf Looked yes like a giant uh, and his rat. name is uh chompus his name is chompus chompus the what why yeah but uh the armadillo i don't remember his name like i said i feel like the fact that i don't remember the show really made this viewing experience more interesting dude it was when, something when this else. happened i didn't expect that shit i didn't expect the jo- <laughs> and then the part that got me was they were going to jump Richie because they could smell a sandwich in his backpack. Um, and they were going to steal some other shit. But the part that got me, though, and you, you ready for this, Jay? Um, Richie then tries to run away. Okay, cool. He throws some trash in their face. Cool. Richie's getting away. The armadillo then stops the wolf and says, Chill, Chompus. I'm going to roll, roll over him. <laughs> and then he then proceeds to get to a ball and starts rolling towards Richie. What the fuck? It's good and, shit. And the voice that I made, Soups, the voice that I made, listeners, is literally how the armadillo sounded. He was like this. He really, he really sounded, chill, Chompus. I'm going to roll over him. They were so random, especially when you think about the fact that they don't come back for the rest of the episode. That part. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like who who are those characters? It's Chompus and the Armadillo. Ch- well, I mean, yes, of course. Chompus the he's not a rat. What was he again? I thought he was a rat too, but he's a wolf. He's a wolf. Or a dog or something. And they never but They used come to be back. people though, but they used to be people. Yeah, they're they're definitely like a Rocksteady and Bebop situation, but I, I honestly forgotten about them in the fucking episode. Um, until now, like in my notes and stuff and you just bringing it up here. Uh, cause I was like, I should probably look these guys up and, uh, th- so much other stuff happens in the episode that I completely fucking forgot about him. Well, that should have had me dying. Uh, Richie ultimately gets away and we then see Mr. Foley then comes to Virgil's dad, Mr. Hawkins's uh, place of work. Um, and Basically, Mr. Foley is trying to press Virgil's dad. Like, Virgil's dad is very chill about the situation and very calm. Um, But it's the fact that Mr. Foley then tries to say that 
uh, Mr. Hawkins is lying about not knowing where he is. Um, and it was at this moment where Mr. Foley then, um, well, no, Mr. Hawkins then asked, well, do you know where he might be? Do you know any friends of his? And it's at this moment Mr. Foley realizes he doesn't know any of Richie's friends. Um, and he ultimately is then going to leave. And Mr. Hawkins, being a good person, is like, well, you know, that, listen, I may not like you, but I like your son, and I'm going to help try to look look for him. Well, well, one thing about this, too, is um, when Mr. Foley was just willing to leave, I thought that was so, like, fucked up because you're allowing your racist beliefs to get in the way of trying to find your kid. Um, plus... Um, at this point, too, your kid's been missing for, what, at least a whole evening, if not, like, almost a whole yeah. day? Like, I think it was a whole day at that point. Like, what the fuck's happening here? Because we never see cops again in the show. Um, yeah. Your only lead, your only possible lead, your only possible, like, person you can go to for help, you're just choosing to be an asshole to. I just don't get it. I just don't get his motivations. Exactly. Um, basically... Uh, we then see static keys like fl- flying around on his uh, disc and he's looking for Reggie. He's calling him on their walkie talkies and Reggie finally answers. And when he answers now, in all honesty, this had me laughing. Uh, when Reggie answers, he says, sup. And then static <laughs> is like, sup. What do you mean? Sup? I've been looking for you f- f- for, for hours. The fuck you mean? <laughs> Jade, why do I feel like that's us? Though? That's totally us. That's exactly what I would do to you. Oh, shit. Oh, God. That's exactly yeah. what I would do to you, for sure. Like, when you've messaged me throughout, like, a day, and then I yeah. still don't respond for, like, six hours, you'll, like, emphasize the messages. Like, I'm bad. Yeah. I'm so bad with answering my phone. You know it. And not oh, me just gosh. sending a call, like, what's up? How are you? Like, I haven't disappeared the entire day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally trying to be like, excuse me? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but you know that was just great i like the little moments like that to really emphasize their friendship um so you know basically we also then see static is being followed by uh Iban, and he sees that he's talking to Rich, um richie um static ultimately has to leave to help save people from a fire and um basically Oh, the, actually, something I had in my notes is the conversation that Static had with uh, Reg, uh, with Richie. Uh, he's basically telling Richie he has to go home. And Richie says that... Um, honestly, I kind of agree with Richie on that. I can understand if Virgil was a little bit more upset than what he was letting on. And I feel like that's one of those things I was talking about, how like I feel like I get it to Saturday morning cartoon, but I feel like... The writing for this episode was a little too simplistic, but maybe that's just me. It it, it was, uh, especially just because, again, I feel like this was a more serious subject matter, like dealing, um, like static shock having to deal mm-hmm. with the fact that his white friend's dad is a racist and like what mm. that obstacle should really be and how that, op- like how he would react to that I, th- I think could be a much more interesting way to have been tackled than how it kind of was here at points uh, we didn't even bring it up earlier uh with the phone call um but i i also think it's messed up at certain times when virgil apologizes for the situation 
Oh yeah. And times like this were also like examples of that. Um, Reggie, like the whole episode becomes, or I keep calling him Reggie, but his name's Richie. Um, he is the one that runs away, and now the whole episode's centered around around him. Um, yeah. And not so much of trying to like figure out what that means for the friendship or uh, Richie's uh, like relationship with his dad. I mean, we kind of get some of that, but nothing to to the point where it really gets um, developed. But again, yeah, it is like a, a Saturday morning cartoon, so I'm trying to remember that too. But this is such like a bigger situation that they're talking about. And, you know, I think of other cartoons um, that fit this lineup during the time and even before that that we're able to handle a lot more serious and darker subject matter in a way that uh, had time to, to really breathe and talk about it. And I would hope that at time that this point here, when uh shock is able to find him in the streets, that that would be that moment. And it never really felt like it was that moment, you know, like it felt like we mm-hmm. would kind of get there, but not really. And then the, the show would move on. And I think that's the one hindrance. I think, uh, if I could say one to the pacing of this show, is uh, nothing really feels like it has the ability to breathe either, which is fine for, uh, I think, like how spectacular Spider-Man's episodes were with the mm-hmm. episode of Rhino. That episode makes sense for it to just be so breaknut. Um, but with the subject matter of this episode, maybe it didn't work out super well tonally like maybe they had hoped. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what happened is, uh, Iban basically then, uh, kidnaps Richie. Um, in the midst of this, though, um, Mr. Hawkins and Mr. Foley are in the process of looking for Richie. They're going over a lot of different places, showing, uh, Richie's picture just to see if they know anything. Um, and they come across this, uh, abandoned place where all these, like, teens are hanging out. And uh, they ask about if they know where Richie is. They're all saying no. This one person then suggests that they check around uh, back to this other place. Yep. Um, they, they get set up, basically. Which, it, um, yeah, it just so happens to be the evil lair, too, for Iban and... and uh, Shiv. And Shiv. I'm never going to remember yeah. that name. That's such an awful name, Shiv. Yeah. That makes you think of... Um, I know you're not a wrestling fan, Damon, but there was a faction not too long ago, called Retribution. And a couple of characters in that were called uh, T-Bar, Mace. Um, oh, my goodness. There was one like Vengeance or whatever the hell. That wasn't that. Um, and Slapjack. So- and, and I think one of them might have... No, Shanky. Shanky was one of Shanky? them. Shanky was one of them. So when you say Shiv, it makes me think of WWE superstar Shanky of retribution I, yeah honestly that i didn't expect that name but no when you said t-bar i thought of t-bar from tlc see when you say tlc i think tables ladders and chairs which brings me back to wrestling comic books and wrestling they wait all share from each other tlc i'm talking about the r&b anyways back to static <laughs> shock <laughs> um but there's, oh, but also, there's also a point, too, um, I wanted to highlight um, where uh, Mr. Foley and uh, Mr. H have another kind of conversation 
um, yeah. about race and uh, this like what like abandoned mansion like this place looks really huge uh, the way how they illustrate the backgrounds made uh, a lot of the different rooms look probably bigger than they were meant to and this house was part mm. of that um, and I, 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 I loved I, uh, Mr. Hawkins's like little monologue he had that was great yeah yeah like he, he reminds me a whole lot uh, and this monologue especially in this moment made me think of um oh my goodness i can't remember his name all of a sudden the lawyer from uh to kill a mockingbird uh atticus finch it made me think of atticus finch uh just uh how noble the character was in his stature and and, and in his voice how uh sure of himself and uh just kind of like I don't know. I, I just just the way how he was uh, so much more of a of a guide uh, for Sean uh, and uh, was still serious with him. And, you know, had that mm -hmm. that moment where he, he had said that he he had cared for his son. Um, and that's all that that he really had to care from that and doesn't have to really care for the dad. You know, um, mm -hmm. it just it just had me think of those kind of moments of uh, that kind of confidence and, and self-assuredness that that Atticus Finch as a character had or like mm -hmm. um the the uncle uh from Ben 10 has just that like mm -hmm. assuredness that warm-heartedness um which is just a character that I I love seeing in these animated shows um and I feel as though that that giving those moments with uh Mr. Foley and Hawkins were were probably the highlights of the episode for me um this mm -hmm. especially was it just because uh, of that of that character work um and just how well the voice actor ha had done with the with the lines uh, just really great stuff uh, in this very short moment that i really yeah. enjoyed I, I just wanted to to make sure that we highlighted i guess yeah no i was actually about to get into that right before you um brought it up um yeah basically um it was at this moment when they go into that other building or whatever is when Mr. Foley was basically lying and saying, well, actually, I wasn't really talking about Virgil when I said what I said. Fuck you. Um, yes, you were. Uh, and um, basically, it like the way that Mr. Hawkins says what he says, it's almost like he's cutting into Mr. Foley, but in a very nicer way of doing it without being rude. And he basically says the like, no, you weren't talking about Virgil. You were talking about his kind. Um, and just he goes into detail and he's like, well, I know about your kind. Um, and he basically said the refined, upstanding bigot. He calls like he calls him that. Um, and, you know, I like you said, I really loved the little monologue that they went into talking about. And I was actually kind of surprised that they let the character say that especially in the early 2000s because i feel like around that time they wouldn't allow a black character to flat out call out a person who was racist in the way that he said it um at least from what i've seen um and you know i really appreciated that i really appreciated how they just called it what it was um and uh yeah ultimately this whole like little discussion it doesn't really seem like it's getting through Mr. Foley's head at that point. No. I think he just was quiet and listened, I suppose. 
Um, and we do see him be like, hmm, you know. And then uh, they walk into the room, and Richie's there. At this moment, a little bit beforehand, we see that Richie is uh, talking to Ebon and Shiv, and Ebon just asking him questions about who Static is. Richie is a real one. He does not snitch. If anything, he turns on the walkie-talkie and makes sure that he says the location without telling on himself. Oh, my goodness. Dude, that was smart as hell. Ebon deserves to get his ass beat for Static Shock for how easily Richie was able to do all that stuff. He didn't get tied up or handcuffed. He didn't get searched. Yeah, how did, he, how did he not get searched when it was a big-ass walkie-talkie that has yellow tape on it? Oh my god. That's goodness. in his back pocket. It's not it like it this thing is gigantic. It's like a brick. It's huge. It's it's huge. And on top of that, it's one of those walkie talkies where like it's like a radio like walkie talkie where you can like hop on a radio frequency because they talk to each other across town. So it's one of those like radio frequency ones. Man. So it's big. They deserve to get caught. They really Yeah, did. they deserve to get their ass beat. I'm sorry. Straight They're up. They're asking for it. Literally. Um, ultimately, Static comes in. Um, well, actually, Mr. Foley and uh, Mr. Hawkins, they come in and they try to save the day. Uh, they get their asses handed to him, which understandably. But, you know, Mr. Foley is like really scared and worried about his son. And at this moment, we're supposed to believe that he like he finally understands. He really wants to show love for his son. Um, and uh, Static comes in and he saves the day. Um, after he saves the day, Richie and Mr. Foley, they rejoice and Mr. Foley apologizes. He just says, I'm sorry. That's it. Uh, static is next to Mr. Hawkins and he's like, it just, you know, warms your heart right here. And this is where I laughed. Right when Static says that, uh, Mr. Hawkins then looks at him and is like, do your parents know where you are? And Static is like, oh, you know, look at the time I gotta go, and he leaves. Uh, on top of the fact that we know from the beginning of the episode that he doesn't really care for very much of Static Shock either, uh, which I'm sure plays a fun dynamic through the rest of the show um, with his dad hating Static Shock and everything. Um, I'm wondering if like that was supposed to be like a hint that he may know. I don't really know. Oh, it could have been. I wasn't reading it that way, but it really could have been. Um, I, I have to say, too. Especially because he was getting closer when he said that, too. Like, he was walking closer and the static was like, oh, I got to go. He had that narrow look in his eyes. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say real quick, though, uh, that the action, even though it's very brief in the episode, it was just enjoyable uh, at the very first and very end of the show. Um, very little, uh, but there was so much more that we had to say in the episode that action had to take a backseat anyway. Yeah, honestly, it was after this hella thing happened, it made me realize we really didn't need the villains in this episode. Honestly, no. if they would have dedicated more time towards some of the other stuff, yeah, I think this would have been a solid episode. I still think it's a solid episode, but I feel like maybe, I don't know. I feel like if I were to show this to a kid, they'd get it. Um, but I feel like there could have been other places or other things I could have touched on. Mm. But the next day, Virgil and Richie are like, cool richie uh they're about to go to comic con and it's revealed that richie's dad is going to be taking them to comic con understand people can change and people can apologize however as like i don't i don't think it's realistic for virgil to be really gung-ho and 
ready to go with Richie's dad after all of the stuff that happened because we don't know how much time has passed. I'm assuming it was a week later. Could have been could have been a bit more time than just like a day or two. I wouldn't imagine too much time. Um, no, I thought it was. This is where it kind of ended for me as well. Like, or, or this is where it kind of fell off for me as well. Um, when they brought up Dakota Comic Con, I was like, "Woo, Comic Con!" Um, and even here, uh, they make a comment about uh, how Sean's going to respond, how Mister Foley is going to respond to men and wearing makeup. And I was like, "Oh my God, this guy's homophobic too." So it but it wait. doesn't even feel as though there's any change to this character because he's still bigoted, and 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 if even if he's suddenly just not racist anymore. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because this was my fun fact for you, Jay. Hmm. Richie in the Static Comics, and I think even in the show, I don't know if they hint at it in the show or not, but in the Static Comics, Richie's gay. Yeah, I read about that, and I thought mm-hmm. that was so interesting too. Do they go into the dad in the comics? Do you know? Because that has uh, to play I some interesting so. um, character development between those characters. Has to bring up a lot of drama and conversation. Uh, I would love to read more of the comics, for sure, uh, if that's the case. Because I I think that that stuff is very interesting, um, mm-hmm. and just couldn't find its way into the show. But uh, no, they haven't re-released Static stuff yet. But they have released his stuff in the Milestone compendiums that came out recently. Um, the Milestone compendiums has like a collection of all the different Milestone books. Uh, so you get Icon, um, Blood Syndicate, Static, and a couple other people, mm-hmm. uh, a couple other comics. And uh, it's like, I think maybe in the volume one, you get Static issue one through six in that. And then volume two, you get the other ones, but it still isn't the full collection. All right. I wonder why that is. Um, especially cause I think it's legal reasons. Because uh, I know that the reason why Static, as of late, it was hard for them to like make a new comic or other stuff was just legal reasons. There were some things they were trying to figure that out, especially with uh, Dwayne McDuffie's estate. His uh, wife is a huge person with that, and there were some things happening where she sued Milestone. Um, yeah, it's a lot of different stuff. Uh, it's a hard situation with that. Wow. Okay. But well, heart goes out to to them. Then I hope that gets all figured out because I w- I would love to read some Static Shock comics. Uh, yeah. And hopefully see them try to handle more topics like like this. Um, mm-hmm. Probably uh, to be honest with you, a little better. Uh, and I think mainly that's just because I don't feel as though Mister Foley has changed very much. Um, I mean, I will say the books were a lot more mature than the show. For example, there's an issue where uh, I'm pretty sure they were talking about Stack losing his virginity. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not not quite not quite where I expected to go, but okay, that's fun. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> good for good for Virgil. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then they go to Comic Con, and then the episode just basically ends. Hey, Racism's over. Racism, <laughs> Static Shock, and uh, Mr. Foley smacking a villain with a chair once has cured racism. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, yeah, he did smack. 
He did smack Ebon he, with a chair. Oh, he God. He saved uh, Static Shock by uh, oh, smacking God. a chair into Ebon, who uh, I'm guessing... Who plays Ebon? Uh, the ghost from Cyber Chase. Scooby-Doo in the Cyber Chase. He plays the Cyber Chase. No kidding. Yes, he does. I forgot his name, though. Cyber Chase. I'm going to look that up right now. He I'm also... Well, that, well, that's not his name, but that's the villain he played. But, um... Right, he also right. is the dude who played a villain in that one Tyler Perry movie. Oh, that one? Yeah, the, that the one, one Tyler Perry Tyler movie. Perry yeah. movie? Yeah. But uh, jokes aside, though, Jay, you gave this episode an 11. What did you give it? The, okay, so what, what What made you give it the, Give it 11? Let me make sure. For a, yeah, so I gave this a pretty low score. Um let me let me explain why. Uh, the lowest part of it, for me, would probably be the visuals. Weirdly enough, at a three, mainly because I enjoyed the backgrounds, like I had said earlier. I enjoyed the pacing of the action. Again, very little in the show. Uh, didn't need it. Um, but next to its other counterparts, like Superman, Justice League, Batman, and even other S- Saturday morning cartoons, uh, especially in around two thousand. Uh, I feel like there was a lot of more work put into uh, just not so much the characters, but all the environment work to make sure everything blended well. Now, I don't know if there's some sort of budgetary issues that cause there to be a problem. Um, But regardless of it, not to say they didn't handle it well. It's just, to me, not the most uh, visually appealing show next to other ones that I've watched. Um, Doesn't doesn't mean that it's bad uh but i just didn't enjoy it next to other mm. things what did you give it because i don't i don't even know what you gave the overall score um i didn't even see it i guess so what's your what's your visual uh you know i texted it to you so you gave it 13 yeah overall. i, I okay. gave it a 13 oh i do remember reading that whole... that's wrong i do remember reading it. yeah so you didn't give it very high either i i didn't um you know art and visuals well okay well impact I would give it a four. That's what I did. On the impact. I did impact four as well. Because I would say this is one of the episodes that a lot of people remember um, with Static, and also um, I will also give it give gave it that number because I could see this having a huge impact on children when they watched it back when it came out, um, and also I could see myself showing this to like my niece or nephew or whatever, and like giving like just giving them that introduction on what that looks like, um, especially when it comes to just seeing the fact that, like, you know, Static is a black superhero that deals with everyday struggles or whatever. Cool. Love it. So I gave it that. Story? I would like to say I gave it a three. Really? I I gave Mm -hmm. it it a four, so I gave it just barely a bit higher. For me, it's the same issue for the impact, and I'm curious if it's the same reason for you. Um, but I did some reading because, again, I didn't really watch a lot of Static Shock, but I'm aware of him as a character from when I'd seen him as a kid and now. Um, but I was reading doing uh, and seeing if the show had tackled race at other points. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess that there are a couple other episodes, too, that also work and focus on race and have those conversations. And according to f- certain fans of the show that I had read reviews or uh small articles or essays on um 
they had said that this one was one of the weaker ones in handling those aspects. And mm -hmm. also adding to the fact that this is early on into the season as well. Not so much even, or even just so much the series. Pretty new on into the series. Um, they probably were still trying to figure out how to handle certain stories like that. But I can agree mm -hmm. with you um, that if you did give this to anyone, uh, like a younger child, um, that it, the message would totally get across. Uh, was mm -hmm. that was that what you had similar for the story? What why'd you give it a four out of five or a three out of five? Why'd you give it so um, low? Mm, I would say, I, like I said, just the handling of it. Um, yeah, I would just say the handling of it is what really bothered me on it. Um, but like, I'm not trying to knock the story engine, like, I'm not knocking it because uh, this is an easy, easy to watch episode, I would say. Um, I just, it just didn't stick to Landon for me. That's the, that's maybe that's the reason. Um, yeah. Well, what you mean? What do you mean by sticking the landing? What would have, what would have stuck the landing better for you, Damon? If they would have handled it differently, like if they would have did some of the questions that were posed, like for example, I honestly wish Virgil's reaction, I, f I felt like we should have gotten more of a conversation between Richie and Virgil. Um, I also feel like there could have been ways to just flesh out um, Mr. Foley's character so he didn't feel so two-dimensional. Yeah. At the same time, though, he they were able to get the point across and show that, like, yeah, no, because I've seen some people who are racist who act just like Mr. Foley. But I don't know. I feel like it was just a little – it was very heavy-handed with the way they chose to do it. And it did the job. Um, maybe I'm being a little too hard on him. I, I could, I could, you know what? I'll, I, I can bump it to a four. I can bump it to a four. No, I mean, I, I can totally get where you're coming at it though. Uh, there's mm. definitely even other cartoons, kid cartoons that come on, uh, a bit later, um, that do handle it a lot better. And even later episodes in Static Shock that seem to handle race a lot better. I, again, I'm mm. not. I'm not too sure which episodes those are because I'm not an avid fan of the show. Um, I would say there's one episode in particular that does deal with race, but like not in a bad way. I mean, as in like not dealing from the racism aspect. Oh, okay. There is uh, um, there's an episode where Static meets another hero from a different country, and he says that he wishes that there was a hero where he comes from that he could look up to that's a black hero because he's like it's there's not many of us or whatever and then that hero then tells him what do you mean you are the hero that's in your area you are good inspiration just that was that was really dope um there's a lot of different things within the show that i think they do tackle a lot of different issues in very interesting ways um that's one thing i do i remembered as a kid um I'm pretty sure they talk about gun violence in a, in an episode, or if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh wow! I think they talk about drugs in one episode too. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Um, but uh, art and visuals, I gave it a four. Yes, finally. What what did you think about the art and visuals, Damon? Four. It's not bad. Um, I would say it was still really engaging. Um, so yeah <laughs> fair enough it looked good <laughs> looked all right got the damn yeah it, w it didn't wow me it didn't wow me but it was very good i liked the colors a lot um yeah this has a nostalgic factor for you for sure doesn't yeah. it with those colors 
it's the colors and then on top of that it kind of surprised me in regards to the facial animations and just the way the characters looked at times but does it stand the test of time your score was 11 a 11 mine ended up being a 14 uh wait was it 14 hold on let me let me look at that let me do the math on this you changed it you just changed it to a 14 so four four and then wait no Story was four, impact four, and then art visuals four. Does that make sense? Four, 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 four. eight. You're, so you're at 12. So you're just. Okay, my bad. So you're at 12. I'm at 11. That brings us to 23. 23. So that means this episode does stand the test of time. According to our ranking system. Exactly. But what do you guys think? Did episode eight of Static Shock hold up? Be sure to give us your answers by reviewing the show or messaging us on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. And I'm Jay Hayward. Make sure to check out Damon and I's Instagram too at Damon1003 and Jay the Movie Gal. See you next Saturday, Soups. Hey, Soups. Do you enjoy the music here on the podcast? Then why don't you check out our buddy Jake Voigt at jakevoigtmusic.com. 